Welcome to Alberta Conservation Association's Harvest Your Own podcast, the resource for everything hunting, navigating through the field, the butcher shop, and the kitchen. Life is all about great food. Let's get started. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Brad Fenson, an avid outdoor enthusiast who has worked as a freelance journalist, photographer, and public speaker for over three decades. I have hunted, fished, and foraged all my life and hope to share my passion for the outdoors. Along the way, I want to encourage everyone to harvest wild proteins and enjoy the satisfaction of providing the next meal for your family. Our goal is to educate, entertain, and inspire individuals to get outdoors and create a connection between food, health, and your future meals. Welcome to Harvest Your Own. Today, I'd like to welcome an old friend of mine, best described as a hunter, angler, uh, father, family man, wild game cook, and the only person I know that describes birds and animals with cooking adjectives. Also, the mayor of Westlock, Ralph Lerge, welcome to Harvest Your Own. Well, thanks for the opportunity and the invitation to participate, Brad. Uh, We go back a long ways. Uh, I'm not sure when we first met, but... uh, you know, we've shared lots of adventures and information and recipes. And the one thing that always has stood out with you is you're an ambassador for wild game and hunting because of your appreciation. You know, you, ever, you don't describe a deer as a mule deer. It is like, oh, the succulent fat dough that would be so good in the frying pan with a bit of butter and fresh herbs. Well, you don't get this size by not looking after your lunch, Brad. So, and and I mean that was that was my family's heritage. We always ate game and and loved game. And and I married a girl who who was from a very large uh, family, and and is a is a tremendous cook as well, and 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 loves wild game. So it certainly becomes a part of who you are and how you look at things for sure. I wasn't so much interested in the horns as, as I was in the, te- in the tenderloins. Right. And that comes from, uh, your family and your background, you know, uh, you and I come from hunting heritage and family and appreciation for it. Lots of people are trying to get started today and don't have a mentor. They weren't brought up doing things, but probably before you were even old enough to hunt, you were out with the family doing things. Absolutely. We, uh, my, my earliest memories, um, north north of Westlock, in and around French Creek, in the Swan Hills, in those in those areas there, uh, Dad had a funny little flat fronted mini truck, and and Mum and Dad and my older brother and I would go grouse hunting and and the sights and sounds and smells, especially the smells of the bush at that time of year. And I wasn't old, and I can remember I wasn't old enough to shoot yet. Uh, but I was the bird dog, and I could run like heck, you know. <laughs> so they'd shoot a grouse, and I'd run run out into the into the ditch in the bush and grab him and wring his little neck and 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 we just had so much fun you know we have a lot in common because that's my memories of getting started as well we always hunted rough grouse and I was the retriever and when I was old enough and I can still remember shooting my first bird the shotgun was way too big for me and the recoil pushed me back a little bit but there was no way I was putting it down I was hooked (laughs) (laughs) anyways the one thing that stands out in our friendship, something you told me years ago, is you referred to yourself as the patron saint of rough grouse. <laughs> well, Brad, I, I I think I'm the funniest guy I know. <laughs> that's that's my story, and I'm going to stick to it. But, you know, you say that, everybody's got their favorite critter. And and grouse have always captured my, my Im- imagination. The way they... 
they bobbed like a chicken across the road and fluff up that big black ruff around their neck, the drumming, you know, uh, I'm always on our trip. When I get my first grouse, I'll run and pluck a feather and make sure everybody has a lucky feather right. in their, in their hat for the rest of the rest of the trip. There's just something about that little bird, uh, besides how it tastes with, uh, a good, uh, almondine recipe, right. something like that, uh, that really captures my imagination. And that's why, you know, we talk about being a patron saint. It's the appreciation. Like, it's the deep appreciation for what that bird is. You know, you describe the feathers, the habitat, the smells of the cranberries, everything that associates with rough grouse hunting. But when it all comes down to things and everything's said and done, it's that rough grouse on the plate that means the most to you. Well, they're just tremendous table table fare. And, and I've tried to expand my my repertoire and learn, learn from guys like you, learn from, from the rest of my family um, on different ways to prepare things. We've got so many, so many different things today, different kinds of equipment and things you can use. Oh, absolutely. But I think, you know, you probably married into more tradition than you had. Oh, like yeah. your, your mom and dad both hunted, which was probably odd for the time. Like my mom did not hunt and was never interested. Uh, but both your parents were very active, encouraged, and both probably as excited in their own ways? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mom, mom loved the opportunity. She, she hunted. Um, she had, excuse me, had a, a 6mm uh, Ruger and, and deer hunted and always liked to go and her little browning skinning knife. And, and she'd, she'd uh, grab that out of the sheaf with there was, when an animal hit the ground, mother was ready to do the skinning <laughs> and, and enjoyed it. And, and dad, my my dad was a, a a true adventurer. I I always have described my my dad as childlike, and and by that I don't mean childish. I mean childlike. It means that he he absolutely, and you could see it in his eyes and see it on his face. Just really, truly was in awe of of what we were doing. Every time we went somewhere, you could, you could have been to a to a place thirty times and. And and think we're going to the same place again. But with Dad, you were going on an adventure, and we met on we went on many of them. I loved the the Peace River moose hunts, uh, going down the river in a big river boat. Uh, my dad and my older brother and I. There was there was just something really really special about that. He always saw things uh, with rose colored glasses and something more exciting than the average person might pick up on at first. Lots of people moose hunt in Alberta, but uh, if you're interested, you can take it to the next level. Not just harvest a moose, but see a part of the province. And I'm sure the sights and sounds and the things you saw on the river are etched in your memory forever. Oh, gosh. Uh, I mean, that Peace River Valley, it, it goes for miles each direction, those those hillsides. Um, lots of red color that you don't get in the West like you do in Eastern Canada. But, you know, those those brambles and little bushes that turn red in the fall, the smells, um, it was fantastic. Then we've got a picture in our, you know, most of it Kodachrome slides, you right. know, boxes and boxes of slides. But there's a picture of my dad, and he was a big husky man, um, a freckled face man, a little bit, and with a with a tripod, uh, a tripod built on the on the shores of the Peace River, and a great big moose hoisted up there. 
you know, with with a block and tackle, and wow. I, that just sticks. There's a picture. I I can close my eyes and see it in 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 great detail. You know, I've done a few river trips, but uh, just talking to you, it makes me want to plan my next adventure. I've, you know, I've floated most of them with uh, a tin boat with oars, and just uh, there's only one direction you're going, and that's downstream. But uh, the sights and sounds, you know, you wake up in the morning. I remember getting out of the tent and the fogs running down the river, and uh, you know. You never know what you're going to see. Yeah, Birds, I mean, I'm, I'm a lifelong paddler. We, we've canoed most of the rivers in, you know, lots of the rivers in the province, certainly in the north part of the province anyway, and some in the south. And 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 then we've had varying versions of of the common man's riverboat. Right. I've seen some of them. You know, this is great information for people that are outdoorsy that are thinking, maybe I should try hunting. So if, if you are a paddler or an outdoor enthusiast, a berry picker, a hiker or something, hunting might be that step to go to the next level and, and actually develop more appreciation for the wildlife. It's always nice to see them, but when they grace the plate and uh, there's an appreciation like Ralph Lerge has, it takes things to the next level. So if you're new to hunting or want to get started, there's lots of information on Harvest Your Own. This podcast is produced for Harvest Your Own, a program dedicated to those who want to reconnect with food and health through their experiences outdoors. HarvestYourOwn.ca is a resource for individuals to learn more about hunting and the outdoors. There's information to get you started and ensure that your compass stays pointed in the right direction to be successful. Where's your next meal coming from? Back to your married life. You married a gal that uh, sort of took things to the next level. She was probably born and raised and brought up with nothing but wild game. Well, yeah, my wife is the ninth child of a family of 14. There was 14, 14 children in 19 years um, in the Dap country. Um, an absolutely phenomenal family, all hardworking and, and successful. And, and uh, the girls know what to do around critters and, and, and around the kitchen. Um, when we're when we're gutting chickens and plucking chickens, she can do four to my one, and, <laughs> and you know certainly she knows what to do with a fish, or a bunny, or or what have you. And uh, her little deer steaks, she she cooks little whitetail uh, steaks in a way that I've never nobody else has ever served them to me. That's still my very very favorite. Just thin little pieces, right. lightly breaded. You know, in the cast iron pan, a little salt and pepper. There's just nothing, nothing nicer than that. And you know, and so it's as a hunter, um, and and to bring that into our family, we've raised our kids that way. Our kids all hunt, and and now the grandkids are started started into that. So it it really gives you those those traditions, those family traditions that you can celebrate. That's got to provide a lot of satisfaction too. You know, you both came from a strong heritage, you've passed it on to your kids and now you see that appreciation in the grandkids. It also gives you something to share together. Absolutely. You know? It's it's the best time you can have together. We just finished a summer vacation out out in that north north of Hinton in between Hinton and Grand Cache along in there. It's gorgeous country my oldest grandson got his his first trout on a fly rod he took my fly rod and i showed him what to do and he got a nice little brook trout in pierre gray lakes those are those are wonderful things yeah you can't replace those memories and the outdoors are a great place to uh introduce people if you never have i call you an ambassador for wild game and and stuff but 
lots of people could do the same. Introduce their family, their friends, take someone out that's not as fortunate. You know, we come from families where it was a natural progression, I guess you could call it. Um, I was more keenly interested than my brothers, but we all went. It was just something that you, you always did. Well, and, and I think you actually can develop into an ambassador, and that's a good word. I, You know, I, here's an example. I'll use you as an example. I remember um, when you and I went out, I think we went to Lac La Nunn and, and caught some, uh, some pike, and you demonstrated to a bunch of folks at the Morinville Fishing Game Club how to Y-bone, how to properly Y-bone a, a pike, and and that pike went in, in those people's eyes from being a slew shark into, <laughs> holy, this is good stuff. Yeah, they were planning fishing trips, but we didn't just take the bones out. We also cooked them for them <laughs> at the clubhouse. That was a unique adventure. And, you know, I look, look back, we have a lot of history, and it sort of led me to where I am today. You know, I do lots of things with Harvest Your Own, trying to provide information on how to get out, how to enjoy the outdoors, how to take the first step, you know. We, we learned how to take the Y-bones out of pike, but lots of people don't know how to clean a snow goose or skin a deer or do things, so all that information is available. It actually makes it fun. I really enjoy sharing, you know, I'm lucky I have the knowledge because I was grew up in the family. I've got friends like yourself where I was able to learn new tips and tricks and techniques along the way and, and share them, so it is good to be an ambassador, but uh, nowadays hunting is, is vogue. It's amazing how many people are getting into hunting. Yeah, it's it's uh, and and that's great. It's a it's a certainly a, a Canadian heritage activity that I think we we need you need to keep your eye on. And and you're right, it is fun. We always, I mean, I would never just shoot a critter and haul him off to the butcher shop and and you know say turn it into pepperoni. We've always done our own butchering and. And we make our own sausage and, and cut the steaks and the roast. Now, as our culinary skills are advancing a little bit, and, and I know you push me and my son pushes me, I mean, there's new techniques and things. Um, now, all of a sudden, I'm saying, so just exactly where is this tri-tip? And, <laughs> and how do you cut that flat iron steak out? of Where is that flat iron? Oh, that's in the front shoulder. Odd place for a steak. Right. You know, and yep. so that's added another development, another bunch of excitement to it. That's one of the biggest things that uh, I've taken out of Harvest Your Own is all the cuts that used to go into burger all are now have a premium value because of the way you can prepare them. Absolutely. Talk about shank or ribs or um, even necros. I even cut necros now out of elk where we stuff them, roll them, tie them, and do them on the smoker and stuff. You know, I used to put all of the neck meat into burger, but... For the first time, all these years I've done it, last year we kept the cull fat of, a, of a, just a nice little four-corn white tail that my daughter shot. And I carefully kept it and washed it and wrapped it up. And then we did a little tenderloin and wrapped in that and roasted it. Oh, my gosh, that was good. So for those listening, the cull fat is in the cavity around the intestines and stomach and it's a special layer that has very silky ribbon-like fat growing through it, and you can take that out and wash it and keep it. And uh, sh- high-end chefs in high-end restaurants use cull fat to wrap meatballs. They put it on their meatloaf. They can wrap a roast, and it just infuses moisture and flavor. You know, lots of people wrap their wild game in bacon, 
but the original moisture flavor creator was Colfat. All these years, I had no idea, and I will, I will never not do that again. <laughs> yeah, so it is interesting to see such a, a new surgeons in hunting, lots of uh, women getting in the outdoors, and I know you hunt a lot with your daughter. Absolutely. I, um, I haven't really shot a lot of game in the last few years because, because uh, my family all hunts. They do the shooting. I, I like to go with Lisa. I, we're lucky when we're together. I take my binoculars and a pair of shooting sticks, and she takes her 308 and does the shooting. And we, I don't know that we've ever come come back empty-handed, and we've certainly had some uh, some great days. Well, you just described, you know, the again your adjectives. Oh, a beautiful little forkhorn where we had the tender, you know, that's how you describe wild game. But you had her out for a moose hunt here just a couple of years ago as well. She shot her first moose. No, sec- second, second moose, moose. Second moose, yeah. And you saw quite a few of them that day? We saw 16 moose, one white tail. 16 moose, 13 of them bulls. <laughs> it was cra- crazy. And she ended up shooting a pretty big bull. Yeah, there was a little one there, but she decided she wanted a big one. I remember you telling me the story because I could see it in your eyes. It's like, oh, you're licking your chops. It's like, look at that little bull. He's going to, you got your hands up looking at him. He's going to fit perfect in the freezer. <laughs> and she shot the big bull instead, and there was the two of us. And um, it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't a, a real bush country moose that, where it was real tough. But uh, when we were all finished and, and after the lifting, she did say, mm, I think you were right, Dad. I think the little moose is the kind. <laughs> now that I have one big one, I think the little moose is the one we want. Well, it's, it's all fun and it's interesting what you can see when you actually get out there. Sometimes it's just being in the right time, hunting the right moon phase, but... 16 moose in one day is pretty awesome. It was crazy. Yeah. yeah. And maybe it's part of that father-daughter luck scheme that you're talking about. Always think positively. Why not? It doesn't cost any extra. There's the ambassador coming out in you again. That's great. Um, what would you tell someone wanting to try wild game for the first time? Like, there's lots of people that are like, ooh, I'd like to try hunting. The food sounds good. But I remember when I was seven years old and ate deer at the neighbor's place, it was like cardboard overcooked yuck well i i, I mean there was a I th- some of that is generational there's certainly you know i mean my mother had the tendency to cook her pork chops uh, you know until they were a little bit like hockey pucks um <laughs> but that was that was a generational thing and and coming from a time when trichinosis was real with with pork um but in terms of game i think people need to realize um it's very, very clean, and if you've if you've treated it with respect from when it hits the ground to when you get it home to the table, it's beautiful, fresh, clean meat. So, so treat it as such, and don't don't overcook it. Um, um, learn what you're doing. It's it's maybe not as fat as as some of the as some of the agricultural products that we get. So you have to be really, really careful not to overcook things and and there's no end to the recipes guys like yourself and you know the meat eater guy there and uh, steve ranella and all i mean there's so much information today about uh, about different and we get food from all over the world you can have there's many different cultural recipes that fit so well with game absolutely and anyone trying something for the first time 
could go to Harvest Your Own. There's recipes for every type of game we have in Alberta. So it's a great place to start and look for our recipe to try things for the first time. This podcast was made possible by Alberta Conservation Association and the Harvest Your Own community. If you're interested in harvesting your own food, there's a comprehensive collection of information to gain insight and knowledge, head to the field, harvest your own protein, prepare it, and taste the results. HarvestYourOwn.ca is a library of information from getting started and geared up to processing, butchering, and cooking wild game to make the connection between health and food. Well, here's an example. Just before we started this conversation, I had some goose legs out of <laughs> out of an Instapot there. That and goose legs are things that sometimes don't make it back. Unfortunately, lots of hunters only keep the breasts. That's about as nice a game as I've eaten. Those were pretty nice. Yeah, and it's trying to influence. I trying to take a page out of your book and be an ambassador. I just did the waterfall warm-up with the Alberta Conservation Association, and I cooked 120 snow goose legs with that recipe. And there was 120 shooters there. 90 of them tried it, and they were like like in awe. I had some people send me messages afterwards like, I, I feel embarrassed. I can't believe I've never kept a goose leg. Like, it's better than the breast meat. Well... Or hunted snow geese. I had a conversation with a couple of fellows the other day and uh, about the snow geese. Oh, no, I wouldn't. Those are terrible. Why would anybody want to hunt those? They're, those are terrible. And I thought, well, I know a lot of people that think otherwise. You have a very public life. You're the mayor of Westlock. I am. I'm really proud uh, of my hunting heritage, and I would hide that from no one. Um, hunters, I mean... I was on the you know, the board of directors of the of the trust fund uh, that that you were uh, um, the executive director or whatever your what your position was um, and 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 filled lots of roles in the conservation organizations over the years and and in my role as the mayor I'm an advocate for that it's it's legal and it's our heritage and and it's important and it's 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 wildlife managers one their only tool for for management. I th- I think that you got to get past the rhetoric, rhetoric and look at what's real. I I don't apologize for it for a second. I'm I'm very proud of it. Yes, and that I think is a very strong message that we need to share. Is I'm the same way. Uh, hunting isn't uh, isn't a pastime of mine. It it actually helps define me. It's that it, that big a part of my life. Absolutely, because when I'm out there, I'm not just hunting critters either. It's not about about that. It's we're we're picking wild fiddleheads. We're 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 learning about about mushrooms are a little tougher, but we're you know I know a few that you can have, and I mean we pick you know wild highbush cranberry jelly. My wife, because of her background, has all of those traditional homemaker skills. So I'm I'm a spoiled man when it comes <laughs> down to it. Uh, there's highbush cranberry jelly. There's nothing like that. And a tiny little bit in your panju when you've just done a couple of grouse breasts, a tiny little bit of highbush cranberry in that jus to give it a little bit of, of kick there. That's, that's to die for. Yeah, and that's, I, I think I enjoy and appreciate every conversation I have with you because you always have that cranberry tip and the au jus and the... You know, the description of the food. That's, you know, you don't say, oh, I killed a bunch of 
ducks yesterday, it's like, oh, I shot some mallets that were laced with fat that I'm going to do, you know, sautéed skin down and, you know, it's not a duck. It is a meal in your eyes, and that's how you share it. Yeah, well, that's interesting. But I can, when I started to learn how to cook, I mean, my wife is a fantastic cook. I didn't need to learn how to cook. I just had to sit by the table and, 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 <laughs> and wait, and I would be fed well. Um, and I started, like most men, as on the barbecue, grilling the meat. You know, and I really, it was, it was uh, Judy Schultz's, Edmonton Journal, The Sunday Cook. I love to read the newspaper. I've always been been thrilled to read the newspaper every morning. I, I miss, I mean, I read all the news on my iPad. It's just not the same. Yeah, it is not. And and I would read The Sunday Cook and go, mmm. And, you know, saute the mushrooms in the, and that sounds, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it just sent me over the edge. I'm the same. You can tell the end of the table here. I love reading cookbooks and looking at new recipes, new techniques. And uh, it's interesting where our lives take us. You know, you've got some very rich tradition. Uh, your wife, Marianne, uh, incredible lady in terms of what she can do. Uh, rendered bear fat, that's what they made things with at home, right? You know, they'd have crock pots full of rendered bear fat, make pastry, lard, their own pie crust, whatever. Uh, nowadays we have new influences. Like I cooked those goose legs with uh, the Instant Pot today, which is a Canadian invention. Uh, I believe our grandmas would have used a pressure cooker on the stove or the Coleman stove or something like that and had similar results. But uh, taking things to the new level, it just makes it easy. It's quicker, it's faster, it's like lifestyle. Well, you got to embrace new technologies. We don't have a pressure cooker anymore since I blew ours up in Spruce Grove, <laughs> and now now I'm not allowed. Um, but my my son Matthew is actually pushing me a lot um, with the sous vide, and and I gotta say he's got the Traeger going and the and the sous vide cooker going. And I'm thinking, okay, I gotta expand my horizons a little bit, and and so I'm gonna be approaching some of this technology. The sous vide is very interesting. I've been playing with it lots the last three years. And for those that don't know what sous vide is, sous vide is a type of, a style of cooking. It's with an immersion circulator. So it controls water temperature to a very specific uh, degree. And you can put meat in a vacuum sealed bag or a chamber sealed bag with spices and stuff, put it in there and it'll cook it perfectly corner to corner. You can take a moose roast and put it in there and cook it to 145 degrees, and when you take it out and cut a slice off the end, it'll be pink from edge to edge. There won't be a dark red rare piece in the middle. It will be medium rare throughout with no exception. So it's a very unique way to cook. Um, Wild game, if it tends to dry out on you, sous vide is a way to uh, keep the moisture in it. It cooks it in its own moisture. It cannot escape. It's in the bag. So there's lots of things to learn, you know. I love cooking briskets and shank and all these things. Um, I've been cheating and start cooking them, and then I put them in the sous vide to finish them. And I find that it uh, tremendous results. You can keep the briskets off a moose or an elk and uh, dry rub them, smoke them for flavor, and then finish them in the sous vide, and they're just as tender as any beef brisket or any other product that you you'd lick your lips over. No, fantastic. Fantastic. So... It's uh, it's always a pleasure meeting up with you, and I know that, uh, I'm sure you know if you've listened to any of the Harvest Your Own episodes, that I always ask people what their favorite recipe is. 
And that's got to be a really tough question for you, so fire away. Gosh, I don't think I can limit it to one. <laughs> I, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I, I can't do that. I um, I made an osobuco um, uh, this past winter. We did a lot of cooking over COVID. We were holed up in our little house in Westlock and and with with a good collection of wine and, and a freezer full of good things to eat. So I've got a big old McClary uh, cast iron roaster that that was my grandma's. So it's an old roaster, and I made a fantastic osabuco out of that. So that's got to be right up, right up there. Um, I like my grouse recipes. I like to, to pluck a grouse and and make a big mash of, of butter and olive oil and chopped herbs and rub it all inside and roast, you know, roast your little birds. They're, they're fantastic that way. Um, we caught a, I caught, we caught a real nice big walleye at the mouth of the Pamina yesterday. And, and that's just going to be the simple uh, beer battered with a real good tartar sauce and, and French fries. I, I can't, I can't limit it to one. <laughs> You know, I when I thought about asking that question, I was pretty sure it was going to be a rough grouse recipe, but uh, you did step outside the box. And I, yeah, I, um, I I love my grouse. The very best grouse recipe. I don't do well. <laughs> my uh, my mother made a grouse almondine recipe that I have tried and tried and tried, and I just don't do it justice. I'm. You've mentioned it to me over the years. I've never tried it. I might have to get that recipe from you to to try to build some. Yeah, it's that. That's a fantastic one. That or or sweet and sour grouse. Sweet and sour is <laughs> awful good too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as an ambassador to hunting and wild game, what is your advice to other hunters in terms of sharing our passion? It's just as important as getting people into hunting as creating the appreciation for it. And that starts with hunters themselves sharing that. Yeah, I mean, I I love to entertain. I like to have friends over, friends and family over. Um, I wish we lived where you could, I mean, you can barbecue all, all year long. It's just not as fun when it's minus 40. Um, but but do that and, and share it with people. Share it with your friends and your relatives and your neighbors and and make them something good to eat have a glass of wine and, and, and talk about your heritage. And, and, uh, people are really, really interested in doing so. You see, you see folks, especially post pandemic that maybe don't have the same thought about work, 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 and say, there's gotta be a reason for work. And, and maybe we need to think about spending time together and what's really important. And I, and and those those people that hunt and fish, and eat hunt and fish, uh, I think really have a leg up on them. We are all ambassadors. It's up to us to uh, hold ourselves in high esteem, high standards, high regard. Do things correctly. And you know, there's enough negative stuff out there about hunting, but there's there's actually so many people with the appreciation like you have that we just need to make it more apparent to the rest of civilization. <laughs> well, be, be proud, be ethical. Um, uh, I, I've always prided myself as I, I think I can count on one hand the times that I've been turned down for permission to hunt on someone's property. Right. If you approach it um, as an ambassador, 
um, you'll be treated uh, as one. And and so so just be really proud of it, and and don't hide don't hide it. Be be proud of it. So, uh, wear it on the outside, not the inside. Absolutely. Uh, in family fashion, uh, you did draw a moose tag this fall. Cow moose draw. Which made Mama very happy. Excellent. Yeah, we're uh, we're gonna have. We can see. I want to get. I want to make sure. I've never kept the brisket. I don't know why. I love beef brisket. You know. You so I want to get a few different cuts th- this time and and try for the tri tip and that and that uh, that flat iron steak is an interesting one off the front shoulder blade. Right. That's that's real good and. Uh, yeah, Mama said, uh, you know, I said I got my cow draw. Oh, good, we need some more moose. So, <laughs> so that uh, well, I'm looking forward to that. Well, very good. I certainly appreciate you coming in today and sharing uh, your family history is what it is, our tradition, and being proud of it. That's the big part. Is uh, you know, don't hide from being a hunter and uh, share the positives with everyone that you can. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Brad, I've enjoyed our friendship all these years. We've we've hunted with our kids together as well, you and I, and we fished uh, fished together. We've had some pretty pretty fun fun trips, and I I uh, I really appreciate what you do. I like to I, I always take in your your stuff at the Sportsman Show and and listen to your to your lectures and things. And you've done a, you're you're a great ambassador for this for this sport and certainly on the food side of it <laughs> well thank you and uh, i just hope this encourages other people to step up and you know be proud of your heritage share it with others and be a positive influence we hope to inspire people to reconnect with nature and appreciate where your food comes from by harvesting your own for more information on getting started or to learn specifics about the field to fork experience visit harvestyourown.ca and follow on Facebook and Instagram. Check back often for new material, recipes, and videos that are posted regularly. Please subscribe to Harvest Your Own Podcast and take the time to rate and review the show to help us build a dedicated core of passionate hunters as our regular audience. Until next time, embrace the outdoors and all it has to offer. Thanks for joining us.